0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. How are you, Kimberly?
1: I'm good, Jim. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thanks for joining us in our studio. I know that you have a passion for just making this world a better place. Somehow you were just made that way, right?
1: I tell you what, I don't know. I got the gene. I love to hear from people who are making things better.
0: And you have a passion. You work with... uh, Women who have been trafficked, they've been used, they've been bought and sold, so to speak. And they you do. have a ministry called Stripped Love. They do. I mean, I'm just saying that's that's an evidence of your your gene to change. You just can't let it alone. You have yeah, to work. Yeah, I
1: think all of us it better. have to get involved and do what we can right where we are. So yeah, I do. Well,
0: I'm so glad that you're alongside today because we have someone who's our guest who's wired in the same way maybe pursuing change in other areas of her community than you might be here in this place you call home, but she is nevertheless wired to just make a difference. Her name is Lori Fast. Lori, thanks for being with us.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's a treat to have you, Lori, and I know your world is crowded. You have lots of things on your plate. Thanks for giving us a few minutes today because we want to hear a little bit about you, your story, and actually how the world is being changed the story is being changed in the town you call home. But first up, that Lori Fast. Tell us about yourself. Give us a little background. Where did you grow up?
2: Sure. Well, I'm a Pacific Northwest girl, so I I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. But when I was one, my family moved up to Portland, Oregon, and spent uh, pretty much All my growing up years in the Pacific Northwest, between Oregon and Washington, uh, my father was a pastor. He became a pastor when I was about uh, 10 years old, and so I kind of grew up mostly as a PK, a pastor's kid, and um, went to college at Warner Pacific College in Portland, Oregon. Married my husband, Mark, uh, and he and I then from Portland, Oregon made the trek across Washington State to Spokane where we lived and uh, my husband is a pastor as well. We now serve our community and a church here in Centralia, Washington. Uh, Centralia is halfway between Seattle and Portland, hence the name. Mm -hmm. It used to be called, I think originally it was Centerville. So now it is Centralia and that's where we find ourselves right now.
0: Let me just say, I've stopped in Centralia more times than I could imagine, traveling between Seattle and Portland because it's right on the I-5 corridor. That means that it's a town halfway between the two big cities, but man, it's a place with a lot of, what shall we say, traffic. Lots of coming and going and driving by, but also kind of a growing place. Laurie, I know that you live in what is, by my estimation, an idyllic part of the world. I mean, uh, Centralia is in kind of a valley, but there are mountains on both sides. Uh, You can wake up and on a sunny day see Mount Rainier. (laughs) For me, that has a lot of draw, of course, because that's my original home. But in that beautiful space uh, where there is a stable community that is growing and has a future, still there have to be things that uh, need to be changed tell me about your town. Is there something in your town that needs to be changed? Or I'm just going to open the door. I know you got involved in your local public schools. Is that connect to your thirst to make a difference for the better? Tell us about that.
2: Yes, um, I am connected with our public schools. When my husband Mark and I moved here, Uh, Ten years ago, our children were all school age. They were in sixth grade fourth grade and first grade and um, We are public school people we we believe that that's an important piece of us as we Live out our faith in our community. And so um, all of our kids were in our local schools here And it's hard to believe, but um, we just married off our oldest daughter a couple Mm. weeks ago, and our youngest is going to be a senior in high school this year. So from the very beginning, we were committed to uh, making a difference within the context of our local schools here in Centralia. I volunteered in the classroom. Um, It was a priority for the church that Uh, my husband mark is the lead pastor at to be uh, good neighbors to our schools in fact our church is right across the street from our high school and so we knew that that would be an important relationship that we really wanted to have Uh, we wanted to have it be a positive relationship and so we've been pretty intentional about um, cultivating some of those relationships with our schools um, reaching out Uh, we do various things one of the things that we do each year we call them our thanksgiving care totes and a lot of these totes uh, go to um, families at our local schools who need a little extra help during the holidays so we'll fill Uh, An actual tote, a bin with some essential items, household items, uh, a gift card for a grocery store, some things like that. And then we actually have a good relationship with our school counselors. And so our counselors tell us how many they need for kids in their schools. And then we deliver a bunch of totes to our local elementary schools so that the counselors can give them to families who need a little extra help for the holidays. Um, so yeah, so we've we see it as a significant investment into the well being of our community, and that has looked different in different seasons uh, for the the past two and a half years. So about three three years ago, I was approached. Um, by a few different people asking if i would be interested in running for the school board and i did wind up winning that election so i have been on my school board now for two and a half years so i'm still in my first term it's a four-year term um, and i'm two and a half years in and i have i've learned a ton
0: Tell us one lesson you've learned from being on a school board. In this season of the pandemic, I know that public schools, all schools, are are wrestling with the rapidly changing environment. I mean, there's so much here. It's a lot of pressure. What's one thing you could say you've learned in the process so far?
2: I think I've probably learned to have nuanced conversations. I'm trying to learn Mm -hmm. how to do that better. Uh, how to look at all sides of issues, um, even when I think my mind is made up about things to really entertain different and varying perspectives, maybe to take a little bit more time in thinking things through. So yeah, so many things, but that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned.
1: Gosh, Lori, as I think about issues and what is most critical for communities and and for our future. I just think there isn't anything more important than our children and their education. And so I'm hearing you share and I just I just want to affirm you are on the front lines of doing good and and the most important work. Uh, in our community. And I'm sure that these are difficult days. How are you staying inspired?
2: When I think about things that are challenges for us, or those things that are discouraging, something that is helpful for me is in listening to stories of people who um, have overcome other challenges, other issues, um, I think it helps put it into perspective. When I get to connect with people in our community who are positive, who are advocating for good things, when I get to hear stories from our school counselors who are working on the front lines with some of our most vulnerable kids, and they're sharing stories of how these kids are overcoming things in their lives, one of the things that our high school does every year that i just love is they have an assembly in the spring and unfortunately of course we weren't able to have it this year but the focus of this assembly it's called renaissance And the focus of this assembly really is to highlight students who might not otherwise get a whole lot of attention, but students who are doing some pretty interesting things. So whether it's um, students who are part of our robotics club that went to a state competition for the first time, or um, some of our like a visual arts student who is doing some amazing work with photography or Um, Maybe just a a very quiet student who hasn't been in leadership who hasn't necessarily been um, in front of people but who has maintained a 4.0 grade point average in spite of being essentially homeless or couch surfing with other families having to maintain um, a job and is planning to go to college to become a nurse or a doctor or you know something like that so when i hear stories of kids in our community and even um, adults in our community who are overcoming some of these significant hurdles those are the things that really inspire me to continue to seek um, the good that is right here in front of us. And it's so easy to get lost and caught up in the bad, the pessimism, the challenges. And I think it's good for us to have a realistic picture of what's happening, but it's also good for us to have a perspective of calibrating that with the great things that are happening all around us.
0: Laurie, one of the exciting things about uh, your investment in making this world a better place is your willingness to participate as part of a grant committee of something that we here are sponsoring called Change the Story, where we make grants to people in far-off places all across the country and in Canada, too, to change the story in their town, because every Place has something that could be changed for the better. And we're so thankful that you are sitting on that committee, which is reviewing those grant applications. And a lot of great stories have already been launched, new stories. But everything really starts with your own story. And in your own story, uh, Laura, you've mentioned several times your life with the church. Your dad was a pastor. You married a pastor. You are very familiar with church life. That's not always the same for some people as being familiar with Jesus. Tell us about that.
2: When I was about eight years old, I decided that I was going to, in my eight-year-old mind, have a relationship with God that was personal to me. Um, growing up in church, uh, my as you mentioned, my dad was a pastor. I, I didn't have a full understanding of what that meant. And over the years, that has changed and evolved for me from kind of what was a childlike understanding of my relationship with god and who i am my identity and who he is um it's something that is an ever-evolving thing for me just as i grow and as i mature in some ways um i would say for me personally even in the last 10 years my relationship with god my faith has really undergone a pretty significant transformation in that it has become much less about what i can do for god and what he wants me to do for him and just more about living more fully into my identity as one of his children is, you know, one of his kids. And what does that mean? Um, You know, God doesn't need me to do anything for him. And that's been a, for me, I'm a, I'm a doer and it's really easy for me to, if I have a checklist, these are the things that I need to do in order to have a strong faith or a good relationship with God, you know, read my Bible or pray for 15 minutes every day or this this and this and sometimes i wish that it was like that because that's a lot easier um but for me it's become much more about where is god at work around me and how can i enter into what he's doing around me and that means for me listening and watching and stepping into opportunities that come in front of me It's about um, not me doing things for God, but really working with him in what I see to be this kingdom building work. So, you know, God's kingdom, it's not just about going to heaven when we die. It's about what God is doing in the here and now. Um, At our church, we talk about God's kingdom being in both the now and the not yet. And so we have this vision of what the future will be when everything is made right and all is right with the world. But We know that that's not our present reality. And so what, what we really try to do is what are the things that, what are the ways that we can partner with God to do this kingdom building work right here and right now?
0: We're not sure where you live right now as you're listening We're not sure what the circumstances of your life might be, but if there's something in your life where the story needs to be changed, we wanna recommend to you the same well of power and encouragement and transformation that Laurie Fast has found, and that's Jesus. And if you've already been transformed by Jesus, but you think there's something in your town or your community, your neighborhood that needs to be changed, we want you to connect to Jesus and connect those dots because if he's in you, he wants to change the story around you too. And how can you do that? Well, you can start right now with us and pray. Just take a deep breath and pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful that you know us by name, that you have created us in your image and on purpose, and that you have placed us in places where We can be instruments in your hands. We pray, Lord, that you will help change the story of our own lives and wherever there's a dark place or a wounded place or a broken place, that you will transform us and renew us and make us fresh and new. We surrender ourselves into your hands, Lord, and admit that we can't change our own story by ourselves, but we do also acknowledge that Jesus, in his work on the cross, has made it possible for our life story to be changed. And furthermore, Lord, we pray that you'll use us to change the story of the world around us, that we won't just be content to wait by the side of the road, but that we'll just get into the traffic lane and we ourselves help redirect the world around us into more healthy and whole places. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about this Jesus we've been talking about, or maybe you'd like to know more about the Change the Story grant application process, whatever's on your heart, we'd love to hear from you. Just give us a call. Just dial this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, toll free. The number 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. But Kimberly, I know some people will not want to pick up the phone but they might prefer to check us out online. Where
1: would they go? You can find us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message there and we'll respond.
0: I promise. CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, that's who we are. And maybe you're listening to this conversation on a social media feed already. And if so, you can send us a message in that feed. We're monitoring that, watching for you there also. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon. Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, follow us on social media, or use the post, please reach out. We'd so love to talk to you about changing the story in your life and in your town. Lori Fast, always good to be in your company. Thanks for what you're doing, and Godspeed with that school board.
1: Thank you, Jim. Appreciate the opportunity to be here.
0: And Kimberly, always better when you're in the room. Thanks for joining us. Good to
1: be here. So inspiring to hear from you, Lori.
0: And to all of you, thank you for coming alongside also listening. And we hope that you'll be with us again next week as we continue our series about changing the story about your life and about your world. For all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.